New Year's Day, 1848. A day of new and happy beginnings, new hopes and dreams for the coming year. But sadly for two small children, the dawning of a new year was anything but a happy beginning. I am J.A. Lovelock. Welcome to my podcast, Behind the Yellow Tape. In this episode, I consider the fate of little Robert and Amina Henry Blake, a brother and sister who met an untimely end at the hands of their revengeful, evil stepmother, Harriet Parker. Robert Henry Blake, Sr., was legally married to another woman, Esther, whom he left in Birmingham to live in London with Harriet Parker, a widow he had been having an affair with. When he left his wife to live with Harriet, he took his two youngest children with him, they being Robert Jr. and daughter Amina. The couple and the children lived at Cupid's Court in London. You would think that living at such a place with such a name as Cupid's Court, the couple would be all loved up. But not so. This relationship was far from blissful. Robert Blake was a chronic womanizer. He was having affairs all over the place. And not only that, but he took great pleasure in openly flaunting them before Harriet and their neighbours and friends. Matters came to a head on New Year's Eve, 1848. Robert came home in the afternoon, quite drunk, and demanded that Harriet make him something to eat and boil some water for him to wash before he went out again. Robert told Harriet that he was going out to the theatre and he was not taking her. Instead, he said, he was going with his friend, Stephen Hewlett. Understandably, Harriet was not happy. She was furious. She suspected that Robert was not going to the theatre with Stephen, but that he was off on his own womanising ways. But Harriet was not one to be brushed off that easily. When Robert left the house, she followed him and tagged along with him wherever he went. As it turned out, he did meet his friend Stephen and he complained to him about Harriet's jealousy. Well, who wouldn't be under those circumstances? He even told Harriet that he was going to meet another woman and he taunted her with it in front of his friends. This led to Robert and Harriet having an argument and in the course of which, Robert punched Harriet in the face. Shortly after that, Robert went into the Duke of Bedford pub where he managed to give Harriet the slip. And thereafter, he went straight to a prostitute's house 
where he stayed all night. Meanwhile, Harriet spent her waking hours and probably much of the night searching for Robert. And she was very angry. She was also heard to be saying what could be described as dark things about Robert in that he would regret his actions for the rest of his life. Whatever could she mean by this? What dark plan did she have in mind? that Robert would regret for the rest of his life. She told Stephen Hewlett that she had something very black in mind and you will hear of me before you see me. It seems then from this point that a seed, a deadly seed was sown For his part, Stephen Hewlett did not take Harriet seriously. In hindsight, perhaps he should have. Because a few hours after midnight on New Year's Day, something terrible had happened. Harriet was seen walking the city streets with little Amina while still asking people if they had seen Robert, her partner. She was later seen again at four o'clock in the morning, but this time she was alone. No Amina. At this time of the morning, Harriet was hysterically knocking on a neighbour's door, the door of a Mrs. Moore. When the door was open, Harriet told Mrs. Moore that she had done it. Done what? She went on to tell Mrs. Moore that Robert Blake had met a little strumpet, that he'd left her all night and hadn't come home. And that's not all she said. She had more to say. A lot more. Harriet told Mrs. Moore that when Robert returns home, there will be a pretty spectacle there for him to see. She also went on to say something pretty surprising. She said she would go and deliver herself up to a policeman. The mystified Mrs. Moore asked why. Why would she need to do that? to deliver herself up to a policeman. What had she done? What Harriet had done was murdered her lover Robert's children, Amina, aged seven, and Robert Jr., aged five. Harriet had taken her anger and revenge out on the children, and she said as much to the police. I have murdered the children to revenge their father, she told them. At the home Harriet shared with her lover Robert at Cupid's Court, the evidence could not be denied. There lying in bed was Amina and Robert Jr., 
quite dead. They were suffocated. Needless to say, Harriet was duly arrested and charged with their murders. At her trial at the Old Bailey on Friday the 4th of February, her defence lawyer told the two presiding judges and the jury that Robert's horrible treatment of Harriet had driven her out of her mind and that she was not a responsible agent at the time of the murders. Her lawyers also told the court that Harriet had endured beatings from Robert, which drew blood. So her defence, put forward by her lawyers, was provocation. But would the court buy that? Would they buy the defence of provocation, bearing in mind all that Robert had put her through? his womanising ways and the flaunting of it, not just to her, but to all and sundry. The shame of it, the beatings. The jury was out for only ten minutes. It didn't take long to find Harriet Parker guilty. Guilty of willful murder. Automatically, she was sentenced to death. Even so, the jury included a strong recommendation of mercy because of the provocation element. So they did take into account the fact that provocation was a contributing factor in the murder crime that Harriet had committed. But it would not and did not hold up as a full defence. Because, as Judge Barron rightly pointed out, that it wasn't the children that had provoked her. Therefore, she had no right to kill them. She had no right to avenge her unfaithful lover in this way, taking the lives of two children, two innocent children, who had not wronged her. Nonetheless, he promised that he would pass the recommendation onto the Home Secretary, who did receive the Jewish recommendation, but for whatever reason, he did not act on it. Why hadn't Harriet murdered her philandering and abusive lover Robert instead? The feeling at the time was that if she had, she would have gotten off with a lesser verdict of perhaps manslaughter on the grounds of provocation. But to suffocate two small children in their beds while they were asleep for the actions of their father was beyond the pale. While awaiting her execution in Newgate Prison, Harriet was visited by her former neighbour, Mrs. Small, whom she told that she had had a better life in Newgate than she had ever had since she left her mother's home. She also took the time to write to Robert Blake and basically wishing him well and even encouraging him to return to his wife Esther. And she also asked him to settle several small bills that she had mounted up. 
all before she was publicly hanged at 8 o'clock on the morning of Tuesday the 22nd of February 1848 outside Newgate Prison. She was led through the debtor's door. She thanked the governor and those who guarded her for their kind treatment. It is said that she walked to the gallows with a firm step, praying fervently as she walked along, while members of the public shouted and hooted at her. After an hour, as is the custom, her body was taken down and placed in a cheap pine coffin and sprinkled with quicklime before being buried within Newgate Prison under the flagstones in the passage that connects the prison with the Old Bailey. For being an evil, murderous stepmother, Harriet Parker paid with her life. Thanks for listening. I am J.A. Lovelock. Join us again next time as we go behind the yellow tape. Till then, catch up with more episodes at btytpodcast.com and also on all podcast providers. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 